0: a series that I want to do called Qualified to be Devoured, Qualifying, being qualified to be devoured. So what I'll do is right now I'll go over the points of that message with you. And let me tell you something. This is one of the things you don't want to be qualified for, yeah. hmm. right? So a lot of things we want to be qualified for, but we, want, we don't want to be qualified to be devoured. All right, so the the points, we're not going to do that yet. The points of this message, point number one, write this down, and being qualified to be devoured, we're going to go all the way to number three, I think. Point number one is thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. Qualify you to be devoured. Qualify you to get swallowed up by the devil. Point number two, still playing around with sin still playing around with sin, right? And things that qualify you to be devoured. And point number three is that you don't study the scriptures. You don't study the scriptures. Now when we study the scriptures, that has a direct, uh, and that's what we're gonna deal with this morning. We're gonna go into that, the importance of how the scriptures play the role in your thinking and in your faith, how the scriptures play a role in your thinking and your faith. And go back to them, go through, back to through them again, and the point number one is thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. You're thinking that you're spiritual, Christian hot stuff. Looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. <laughs> you think you're Christian hot stuff, but you ain't Christian hot stuff humble yourself that you might be exalted, yeah. right? Point number two, still playing around with sin. And point number three, you don't study the scriptures. You don't have that relationship with them scriptures like you need to have. So that's what we're gonna go into tonight. This is gonna be in the wheelhouse of point number three because we really don't want to be qualified to be devoured, do we? It's not what we're looking for. So uh, again, with 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, we're gonna pick it up from there. And again, the scriptures directly uh, relate to your mind. That's how our mind is renewed, right? That's how we begin to think like God. So we're going to deal again with the not having a good enough relationship with the scriptures and how it affects our thought life. Amen. Uh, Second Corinthians 10 5, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let's back up one verse and start at verse 4. Verse 3. Back up to verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, strongholds is directly linked to our thought life. Matter of fact, that's, that's the core, the root of a stronghold is your thought life. Your thoughts and the way you think keep you going in a direction. Or keep you in And in, in a stronghold is basically going in circles in a direction. You're trapped in, a, in circles, in a situation, in a, in a uh, it could be physical, geographic. They can keep you in a relationship. They can keep you uh, with habits and keep you doing things that you know you're not supposed to do. Strongholds are, are, are mostly mental. Or the root of a stronghold is mental. All right. So he says the weapons of our warfare are not uh corner, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So God wants you to be able to do away with those strongholds that are not healthy. Verse five, casting down imagination. Right, so he's still dealing with the root. He's dealing with the root of it being your thought life, dealing with your imaginations, the that you think about, the things that you meditate on. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above or against the knowledge of God. He said everything that goes against the word, we have to put a choke hold on it. Grab it, choke it, shake it, throw it down, stomp on it. Throw it off the top of, find the highest building downtown and throw it off the building downtown. Suffocate it. Bag it up. Chainsaw, it, cut it up. I can do that with y'all. Y'all watch the movies. <laughs> he, said, he said, get rid of it. Let's do it again. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity. Every thought into the obedience of Christ. Amen. So I'm going to make my mind think like Christ. How, how am I going to do that? Because I'm going to take my thoughts captive. Yeah. Yeah. The things that I work in my imagination, the things that I'm meditating on, the things that I'm thinking about, I'm going to suffocate those things. I'm going to execute those things. I'm going to get rid of those things. How am I going to do that? Because I'm going to bring them into the obedience of Christ. I'm going to read the word enough and I'm, gonna, I'm going to pick and I'm going to choose what the word says over the thought that's contrary to the word of God. Yep. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that decision. How am I going to do that? Because I'm going to fill my mind up with so much of what God says that there will literally be no more room for those thoughts and imaginations to hold any space inside of that. Amen. I'm going to take my thoughts captive. Now, I want you, let's think about something and how important this is. if and we went over our let's do it again we went over our faith foundations and they should be online on the fb page but we went over our faith foundations and we decided how important trusting god and having faith in god was it was crucially important majorly important right and so what happens is and, and understand something though matter of fact We got our place right there. We're going to come back to the faith foundations. Go over to uh, Romans chapter 10. Go over to Romans chapter 10. And this this is unscripted really today. I jotted down some notes while I sat down. But we're just going to take you through some scriptures that connect. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And then we're going to go back over and look at the faith foundations. Romans chapter ten. Try not to be devoured. Let's let's look at uh, starting verse eight. Verse eight. But what saith he, or what says he? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. And in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes. He said, believe in your heart in verse 9, and then he comes back in verse 10, and he says, With what you believe? I have one person participating this is not a trick question he said with the what man believes the heart, the heart, the heart. with the heart with the heart so belief is in the heart for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation yeah. so he's connecting here the heart and the mouth mm-hmm. the scripture says also out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak yeah. your heart and your mouth are connected Now, what is what is your heart? When we talk about your heart, your heart, your soul together, it's your mind, your will and your emotions. Remember what we talked about last week? That's why Satan wants to to sit on the throne of your heart and God wants to sit on the throne of your heart. Because whoever sits on the throne of the heart, the mind, the will and the emotions, they steer the person. And we understand that Satan wants to steer you to a place of destruction, but Jesus wants to steer you to a place of blessing and abundance. Yes, Amen. Right. So with the heart, write that down. If you don't know that this is some of these things are based. A lot of this stuff I'm I'm teaching you of stuff I've been been working off and have known for years and years. You need to know that belief is in the heart. You need to walk around here and that should be a basic like saying your ABCs. Belief is in the heart. I believe in my heart. Yeah. My mind, my will, and my emotions. That's what my belief system is. And that's, that's what we base that on. Uh, the, one of the strongest scriptures that we base it on is Romans 10 9 and 10. Belief is in the heart. Say that with me. Say, Belief is in my heart. My belief system is in my heart. My belief system is working, is working in my mind. In my will, in my, and my, emotions. my emotions. That's why emotions are such a tricky thing. Yeah. Such a tricky thing. Because emotions will come along and emotions will try to speak contrary to what the Word of God and the will of God says. God makes you a promise. You're in the middle of a situation. You have faced some adversity. There's adversity in your face after God has made you a promise. And your emotions start to talk to you and tell you we should not abandon we should not believe what God says. Matter of fact, we're more comfortable being depressed, stretched out, unbelief, and fearful. Why are we trying to move over to a place of faith when our place of comfort is fear, doubt, unbelief, and worry? That's what your emotions start trying to tell you. Your emotions start trying to tell you, just like when you get yourself on a workout plan, your body starts to tell you this is ridiculous. You're dragging us through all of this, trying to get us fit and in better shape. We just want some fried chicken. We don't want no workout. That's the work I do. We really need to go work out today. Your emotions is telling you to abandon the plan. Now, when you set yourself in a situation that you've heard the word of God, faith come by hearing. I set myself, I'm gonna trust God, I'm going believe God, I'm going obey God, and your emotions come and start trying to tell you why that's not a good idea. Emotions are trying to talk to you, and most of us, our emotions drive our life, but that's not God. Jesus has given us plenty enough information to try to tell you that's not the way you should roll. Being driven by your emotions. Because emotions are, are outward sensors based on sense realm evidence. And Jesus said, I don't work off of sense realm evidence alone. I work off of what I said. That's why Peter was able to get out of the boat and walk on the water He said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come unto you. Since realm evidence, nobody, people, we know we don't walk on water. But but Peter submitted himself to a higher authority. The word of God, the power of God, the authority of Jesus trumps anything in the natural realm. Why? Because he created everything that is natural. But your emotions are connected to the natural and your emotions will try to get you to disconnect from the promise The supernatural promise of God. Listen, you follow your emotions, you can go the wrong direction. The Bible said there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end, the the end, the end thereof, it leads to death. I have heard preachers from the pulpit, big preachers, not middle ones with two people in the church. I'm talking about people with thousands and thousands of members standing in front of their congregation and said, the woman that I'm married to is not my wife. That's not the wife that God had for me. Therefore, we are breaking up and I'm about to pick this other one. I've already got a replacement for her and this is the one that is my wife. I made a mistake. I'm not playing with you. This is the people who say it. I ain't gonna call their names. But two of them, big preachers, big time, pretty hair and all. Pretty hair, pretty suits, big time. They're all the theatrical moves. You got the moves like that like that it don't matter if you got the moves like that that's that don't make no sense how you gonna stand in front of people and say look you that's the one you pick you want to get out of it but your emotions your emotions your mama ain't getting along like that or whatever Another other person whatever how they feel some type of way make you feel some type of way when you you're around them your feelings is connected to your your emotions. Your emotions. Now let's look at. Uh, let's go over to. We don't have to go to the Faith Foundations just yet. We don't have to go over that. We made a point. Real good enough. Let's do go though. Let's do go though. Though let's go back over to Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five, and then we're gonna go over to Proverbs chapter four. Can we just just take a stroll through the Bible talking about the heart this morning? Remember what I said? Hey, listen, this is what's tripping up a lot of us from doing what we're supposed to do, being who we're supposed to be. We found a root. Because your mind, your mind is messed up. Can I say that, Pastor Eli? Yes. Your mind messed up. Yes. I can say that without even insulting you. Jeff, your mind messed up. It's true. It's true. Your emotions are off. The emotions are off. What What I say we was going to Proverbs chapter four. Yes. Proverbs chapter four. Now my, my iPad is down, so I'm I'm back to having to know where my books of the Bible is, <laughs> and I got to turn over there. Proverbs ain't that hard to find. Some of them other ones. Oh my God. What I say Proverbs. Four. Proverbs 4, verse 23 is what we're looking for. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Well, for the sake of what we're talking about, for the sake of what we're talking about, we'll start at verse 20. Because we're talking about not having a proper relationship with the scriptures. He says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear to my sayings, and let them not depart from thine eyes. We went over all this last week, right? good stuff with all these body parts we were connecting to uh, spiritual things. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. So here he is talking about keeping them in the middle of your heart. Keep them in the middle of your mind, your will, and your emotions, right? Right? Everybody read that? He said, keep them in the midst of your heart, for there are life unto those that find them and health unto all their flesh. Keep your heart, or guard your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions with all diligence for out of it are the issues or the boundaries of life. He's telling you to guard your heart because your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions determine your boundaries. If my heart and my mind, my will, and my emotions ain't functioning the way they're supposed to be functioning, I can be led away. He goes on here uh, further down, and he talks about that they may keep thee from the strange woman. Right, He goes on further down and he talks about being kept from the strange woman who flatters with her words. That strange woman can represent anything, whatever thing that wants to take you off. You have to cast that thought down. If it goes against the, the knowledge of God, you have to cast it down. We don't follow our emotions unless it's a God-given emotion or it's a God-inspired or a scripture-lined-up emotion. This is why we have the biggest Challenge and trusting God is when, when we get into a situation where God has us going on a course, we we we've have a vision from God. And a vision is simply a plan. I, 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 uh, the church has made such a big deal out of this word vision that it, it confuses everybody. But the other day we had a vision to go to Papa's. And we went down to Papa's and we ate. Hey, we had a vision. That was the plan. That's what we was gonna go eat at. So what did it require? Baby girl, you gotta go change your clothes. My wife got to go change her clothes because I was already fly. You go change your clothes and you come back down. Then we got to pick up somebody else. And then we're going to drive down to Papa's. That's the vision. And we were sitting there eating. Guess what? Vision fulfilled, right? So when you make a decision or something that you're going to do, that's vision. So you and God, God has said, hey, listen, we're fixing to tear down this stronghold. We're going to make a change in our life in this area. We need to get victory in this area. You're on the pathway to victory, but you have them thoughts that are, that are stimulated by emotions that are telling you not to trust what God said, that are telling you to veer off course from your God-given instructions. And if you don't take them thoughts captive, you're not gonna see the promise that God has on the other side of your obedience. This you gotta have respect for, for this heart and for this mind. That's how you make all your moves. Listen, a simple listen, you wouldn't be able to make a basic trip to the toilet without your mind you couldn't do it simple thing we've been doing since we were little kids and so some people who have who's having mental battles who have mental challenges that's why they can't perform basic functions your mind is important in what you do and everybody that's your control box the same way you get in your car and you turn the key and the lights start flashing and the radio come on and won't shut off and the door locks popping up and down, your, control, your, your computer panel's messed up. Your control box, thank you. Your control box is not functioning properly. When, listen, you, when your mind get off, I've been dealing with something uh, the past few weeks. I've never had the problem before, but I've had some stuff going on in my sinuses and it causes something called post-nasal drip. And I've been talking to everybody about that post-nasal drip because it's a booger bear. Yeah. Oh, it, ain't no, it ain't no joke. It gives me this taste that comes in the roof of my mouth that gets on my tongue and it tastes like almost like I've been having, putting battery in my mouth for three weeks straight, every day, all day and all night. That's torture. I think I'd rather be waterboarded. Torture and so sometimes I just want to cry I just want to cry and I looked I'm looking it up on the internet and people feel the same way you poor people I've just been dealing with this for this long and because people talking about how they got used to it I can't get used to this it throws off nothing that I eat tastes the same nothing and so I'll I'll sit there and I'll, I'll eat because I'm hungry and once I'm through eating I'm not satisfied because it didn't taste good so guess what I want something else I want something that tastes good. So you know what? If I don't, I have to time myself and I tell myself I can only eat at these times because I'm constantly looking to eat. Five minutes worth of relief from this taste in my mouth is incredible. It's terrible. And so my mind just starts to go places because it's like torture. So your mind, again, is your control box. It's going to steer you from one direction to the other direction. That's why you have to keep control of it. I'm gonna ten more minutes today and then we're gonna stop. And we're gonna make our best effort. What did I say go to? I didn't say, did I? Let's go to first Kings chapter 18, verse 21. First Kings eighteen twenty one. First Kings eighteen twenty one. So, you know, with this other situation, I'm gonna tell you how it, it, this uh, situation that I've been dealing with, how it can really mess with you. Now, because it's such a mental battle, because my taste is a part of my five senses, right? So senses are talking to the brain, constantly talking to the brain about how, and it's constantly talking about how bad this is. This is bad, this is terrible, we can't keep doing this. Man, you gotta do something. That's what my my senses are telling to my brain. We got to make a move. Come on, man. This is ridiculous. I was saying all kinds of stuff to my mind. Right? And so my mind gets tired of hearing from the senses about this taste in my mouth. And so if I ain't just got something I got to do, guess what I want to do? I want to go to sleep because I, I, I want to stop tasting this stuff. I either want to eat, I want to drink something. And listen, diet drinks, I can't drink them they taste they magnify the taste so guess what i i I, 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 listen i gotta do something i gotta get apple juice something sweet whatever torture and that ain't good for me so it's either eat up something bad for me i'm tired of uh, uh putting halls in my mouth halls was doing it at first they taste terrible now and so it's either eat up some bad stuff drink up some bad stuff or go to sleep and sleeping too much, and the brain pressure put on you. Guess what that throw you over into? That throw you into depression, from bad taste in my mouth. And I sit up there. I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I said you got to help me. The devil was trying to kill me, from the craziest direction. I can't keep eating. The hamburgers taste good. Hamburgers and French fries. If it's got salt to it, or a spectrum of salt or sweet, it's, it's good. But that stuff's bad for me. So you're going to try to give me a heart attack, raise, raise my blood sugar levels, put me in depression because of some crap in my throat. And it's not the crap in my throat, it's how it's messing with my mind. I want you to say, man, that ain't no, that ain't no big thing. Three weeks, every day, all day, every waking hour, you got something in the back of your mouth that tastes like battery acid. And I'm shooting water, saline up my nose, sprayers. I haven't been to the doctor, they gave me medicine. This is the first time I ever lost confidence in my doctor. But it's messing with my mind. And you know the only way I can deal with it? I have to keep praying, I have to keep talking to myself. what I tell you, go? First Kings 18, 21? Yeah. So 1 Kings 18, 21. He says, And Elijah came unto the people and said, How long shall you halt between two opinions? If the Lord be God, then follow him. If Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. So when he says halt between two opinions, it's the same thing as halt between two thoughts. He said, How long are you going to go between, you know, pick one? He said, If, if God is going to be God, or the other thing is bigger than God in this case he's talking about Baal. is God is gonna be God or the other things gonna be bigger than God but he said you have to pick one how long are you gonna go back and forth now let's go over to James chapter 1 verse 8 James chapter 1 verse 8 Hebrews James James chapter one verse eight. James chapter one verse eight. Starting verse. Verse six. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed. Let's do it again. But let him ask in faith or in trust of God, not wavering or going back and forth. I'm trusting God, I'm not trusting God. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you stuck going back and forth, double-minded, and what does unstable mean? It just means that there's no strength in it. There's no strength in it. Why you think that every, every place that we walk, right, they pour a slab inside a building? They make foundation that's very important because you don't want to just be going there and they put a, a thin piece of concrete you stick your foot through it. Right, you got holes all in the concrete twisting up ankles and all that. Your stability affects how you walk. It affects how you walk so stability is important right everybody wants to have stability you have a person somebody you need to get a stable job that means we have some regular income decide how we're gonna budget our stuff nobody likes to be in an unstable situation so he says when you are double-minded when you're going back and forth and you're thinking you're unstable right i'm gonna trust god one minute i'm not gonna trust Him another minute that makes you unstable let's keep going and all of these things are going on. Remember, we read over in 1 uh, Kings. He said, how long are your heart be- between two opinions or two thoughts. All of these things are taking place in the mind. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Everybody's familiar with this one? I'm telling you, man, if we could get this, you got, to listen, the devil is trying to sit on the throne of your heart. He can come in there and get to that heart. He got you. And he can destroy your Listen, let me tell you something. Your thoughts are destroying your life. If you say my life is pretty crappy right now. It's because of your thought life. Your thoughts driving you. I'm not happy with this. I don't want to it. If it's marriage, if it's relationship with your kids, it's the way you think about it. Your thoughts will try to destroy you. That's why you have to take control of your thoughts. Unless you got something just pressing, you got something just super pressing, man, that's why you need to be in church. So you can hear the word. Why? Because we're dealing with your thoughts. Not just be in church, but the church is your last line of defense, really. It's your first line and your last line. You're supposed to take care of the area in the middle so it's your first line we're gonna set a tone if you haven't read we're gonna be your security blanket but you need to be in the middle con- uh, dealing with them thoughts and it ain't just a situation where i dealt with them thoughts no because the devil is persistent he understands he understands that hey listen to control I got to make my way back they kicked me out of the control panel I got to get back to the control panel They came in there and put that word of God in there and we already know that when Jesus show up, the devil, how that go down, it's not even, we don't even need to put that on a card, the undercard, the the main card or nothing. Because we know that fight fixed, he already said he kicked him out of heaven and when Jesus show up, it ain't nothing but a bunch of foot to rear. When we start putting the word in there, we run the devil out. But he gets up and dusts himself off, wipes the blood off his lip and try to come right back until the lord throws him into the lake of fire this is how he gonna roll he gonna come back because he needs to get back to that control panel the only way i can destroy him is to get back to the control panel it's like a superhero movie bible man the old bible man story i must curses i must get back to the control panel i am losing control we're losing the war I'm get back in your mind. He can get you to do some stuff that'll destroy your life. Lose your job. Lose your spouse. Lose your witness. If he get in that control panel and then you look around, that's why you're sitting down. There's a whole lot of people in jail talking about, I don't know why I did that. I'm not that type of person. Well, I know why you did it. Because he got to the control panel. And you ain't that type of person. But he penetrate that control panel and started driving you around. And before you know it, Listen, take that that thought captive. But I hate them, but they did me wrong. They shouldn't have did me like this. I got to get revenge. Take that thought captive. Because if you don't take that thought captive, the problem with the thought is that thoughts grow. What is a thought anyway? Let's break it down. What do we say thoughts were? Encased words. And what does the scripture say? Matthew 13, 26. It says that the, the seed, it grew and it became. He says Mark chapter four that the seed is the word. So not only does the words of God grow and become, but the words in the end of the enemy will grow and become. Whatever words that you put in that the emotion are going to grow and they're going to become and they're going to be established. And so if you don't get rid of that uh, that, uh unforgiveness, then it grows. And don't start, you keep thinking about what you would do to them because of what they did to you. And because it's dominating your thought life and you've given control over to the enemy, then when you get into a place where you got to make a decision or you can encounter the person and because it's already been in your heart, you take an action that changes the d- trajectory of your life. I've told a story about my one of my aunts. My uncle had a girlfriend that and his relationship with her was very violent. Alcohol and a I imagine some drugs was involved, but uh, he had a girlfriend, and she at one time she went off and she stabbed him up, took him to the hospital, got patched up, and went back, you know, to the house. So then he went back to her again, got back together with her again, and guess what happened? She stabbed him up, but this time he didn't make it; he died. And so then his sister, my aunt, she's passed now too few years ago from cancer, but she they were in a bar. Right. Not going to really get good thoughts in a bar. Right. And so the lady comes in there and the lady's talking loud and getting drunk and talking about threatening somebody how she's killed one before and she'll do it again. So my aunt's already steaming mad unforgiveness because the woman killed her brother. So they start arguing in the place and the man says, look, y'all take that outside, not stop it. Take it outside. He's a moron. Take it outside. So they go outside and my aunt empties the pistol in her head. Sent her to the penitentiary. Aunt one of the sweetest ladies ever known. In the penitentiary she found Jesus though. And she came home and lived the rest of her life being a great Christian. But that unforgiveness, that revenge, sent her to the penitentiary. A lot of people like that you got to cast them thoughts down i have another friend of mine somebody did him wrong in a business deal he tells his testimony and he had unforgiveness to the point that gave him a heart attack because he wouldn't cast it down you're saying a thought can make all these things happen oh yeah baby that's why we talking about it this morning i told you it's a root thought listen Would you take your thoughts more seriously because you just say, I'm just thinking about it. I'm not going to act on it. Would you take your thoughts more seriously if I just presented to you that thoughts send people to the penitentiary, thoughts send people to the grave? Because thoughts grow and they become. They become heart attacks. They become violence. They become adultery. They become fornication. They become theft. They become robbery. if you don't take control over your thoughts. Most of the time you hear men that say, nothing wrong with looking. Bro, looking, you're looking today, you're speaking tomorrow. God can take control over thoughts. Where did I say we're supposed to be at? Romans 12, one and two. What time is it? I think we're gonna stop right here after this one. He says, Romans 12, 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. We have to get a whole new set of emotions we have to make adjustments to your will. we have to make adjustments to your thinking if you're not going to be conformed to this world in your transformation process we must get a new mind in there we must get a, a new mind and I got to read one more that goes along with this one and then we will be through and that is Uh, Psalm 51.10. Psalm 51.10. Psalm 51.10. Psalm 51.10. Psalm 51.10, he says, create in me a clean mind, will, and emotions. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean mind, will, and emotions, and renew a right spirit within me. We have to take serious when he say cast down. Every thought or imagination or high thing that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of God or above the word of God. Because everything that you're supposed to believe, that's how it comes under attack. Your belief system gets under attack by words and by thoughts. And so you say, Pastor, well, how do I cast down my thoughts? How do I do that? By simply saying, man, I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. You don't have to be at your job telling about, I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. No, nah, you do it to yourself. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. Lord forgive me. That's how you take them captive. Now, sometimes you may have to get aggressive with it, because it ain't got aggressive with you. Go to the bathroom, get in the stall, and start yelling. They're still going to think you weird, even though you're in the bathroom. But is it more important for them to think you weird or for you to put that thought in the chokehold? But you're saying talk back to my thoughts. Talk to myself. Well, your thoughts are talking to you. They talking to you when they pop in your head. Remember, uh, thoughts are numbered but in case words. They're talking to you. Why don't you just slap the taste out of her mouth? They, they'll describe it to you, that old heifer, this, that, and the other. Oh, I'm being real. This real church up in here. We're not playing games. Because when the thoughts about revenge or being mad, they talk to you like that. They don't say, She is very, very unruly. <laughs> no, they don't. Lindsay, I'm being real to her. Lindsay, no. She's, not, she's trying not to laugh too hard. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. Or they start calling people names. Listen. We don't, that's why, God, praise God, he don't let us read each other's thoughts. <laughs> because the person you think is the sweetest person got some crazy stuff going on inside there right here. Oh, there's some crazy stuff going on inside of there. Because again, this is the place of war. This is the place of war. God's trying to get words inside of there. Satan is trying to get words in there. It's a place of war. one more more scripture and I said that we're early anyway Romans you say pastor we're not gonna be early if you keep this up Romans chapter I gotta see if it's seven I think it's seven nice six Um, to dominion, you know i have been long, you know, not self-service. Thank you service, doctrine being made free from sin. I speak to the man of the yield of my members. I yield of members. Hold on, I'm looking for it, y'all. I got it underlined in my other Bible. If then I do, I'm looking for the part that says if then I do that, the against the war. Hold on, I'll find it real quick. Do me a favor, Gibson. Oh, I think I found it already. Seven twenty three. Seven twenty three. 723. We're going to back up a couple of verses. Verse 20. He says, Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Where's the evil present at? He said, I would do. That's an action. Where the action's coming from. Actions have to be thoughts first before you take a boom, before you do it. He says, for, so now then I, when I, what verse did I stop at? Verse 21. He says, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So that's, that's the picture of, again, the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder. He says, for I delight in the law of God and the inward man. But I see another law in my members or in my core, in my heart, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. There's a war going on on the inside. He said, when I would do good, I find that evil is present. I want to do the right thing, but I find that evil is there with me. And what did he say to do with that? He said to take it, take it captive. That's where we started," he said. "It's bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now let's keep going. Verse twenty-four: O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself will serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit." For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the, law of the, of the spirit, from the law of sin and death. Jesus Christ set you free, gave you the power to cast down the thoughts, to take the thoughts captive. You use his words with his authority, his anointing to take the thoughts captive. He's given you every tool that you need in order to trust and walk with him. Walk in obedience to what he said. But you have to take them captive. Yeah, there's a war going on. I want to, I want, this is the right to say, that's the wrong to say, I know this is what God wants me to do, but I'm not going to do that. Because evil is present. And evil is talking. But he says you have to take the thoughts captive. Is that not what he said? You got to take the thoughts captive. Amen.